Welcome to PostBurnout.com interviews. My name is Aaron Kavanagh and I'm the website's founder and editor-in-chief. PostBurnout.com is a culture website dedicated to venerating burnt-out artists the world over. Our interviews are mainly recorded to be transcribed, but every now and again we release the audio in a series we call PostBurnout.com interviews. If you enjoy what we do, be sure to subscribe. In this edition of PostBurnout.com interviews, we speak with Lisa Kakella and Bob Venom of the legendary punk blues band The Bell Rays. They talk about their latest single, which is a cover of The Temptations Ball of Confusion, the relevancy of that song after 50 years, the death of Tina Turner, going on the road with social distortion this summer, their first US tour since the pandemic, making a living as an artist, what keeps them going after 30 years, their potential new record, and more. Yeah, so the first thing I wanted to ask you guys was, um, you, you've been around for ages now, and uh, the Bell Rays has been around for all, uh, over 30 years at this point, and of course before that, you were involved with uh, other projects too. Um, I guess the first thing I just wanted to ask is, is what keeps doing it for you? What makes you want to still record and go on the road? I'll let you answer that. Uh, uh, it's just what we do still. <laughs> you know, I, I still wake up in the morning hearing the muse. You know, it it, it it's just what we do. And I, I can't imagine doing, you know, having a life not playing music you know i think in um, those 30 years your sound has remained consistent um i think like from uh the current seven inch that's coming out um to your first record i mean i think um there's been a consistent sound um throughout that time and um, do you listen to new contemporary music uh as 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 the trends kind of change throughout your career <laughs> listen to it in what way like listen to it as something that influences what we do the way we do it we've i think we've kind of we hear it and we know what's going on but it's at the same time i don't know there's a there was a thing here i think it's part of the reason that a lot of the industries have changed so drastically because there was such a huge leap between what the expectation was and what people could actually afford to do um, as far as recording and being a part of that whole machine that is still part of the music industry, but it's now there's ways for a lot of more independence to get out there. I think that everything that we were doing was still, even though we're hearing what's going on, we're still doing it the best way that we can get it done and afford to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> is... <laughs> yeah. I, and I think what, I think what we do is it's just based on what we grew up on. So mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of intrinsic that that we sound the way we do because that's just the way we hear things. You know, it's it's not a. I'm not always not looking for new and creative ways to to do things. I'm just I'm looking for, you know, new and creative songs, new and creative things yeah. to say. We and, try to get really good production on what we're doing, but it's not like I'm never listening to like new song structures to mm -hmm. say, oh, maybe we should do a song structure like that. Or we should do, and I'm not saying it like it is. There aren't some really cool ideas out there. I'm just, if it is organically going to influence me, it will do that. Mm -hmm. It will just come out in the song. I think we still use the muse as our guide. Yeah, and um, yeah. So you're talking about um your influences there, and uh, your new uh, seven inch that we're talking about is uh, out on i94 uh, records, uh, sorry recordings, and. Um, it's it's part of their Detroit cover series, and you guys chose the Temptations Ball of Confusion. Um, 
I, I think it's very interesting when you listen to your cover of it in the sense that um, there is some minimal changes here and there, but, you know, for a song that came out, uh, over 50 years ago now at this point and it was kind of about the end of uh, Jim Crow law segregationism at that era and how kind of relevant it, it still is and um, yeah so I was wondering uh, why did you choose that song in particular when the offer came pretty much because that it, it, it was a short list it yeah. was already a song that we had had on a short list be, because it was one that it kind of we thought oh this is a this is, it's really crazy how this song is still relevant today. Yeah. I want to say that was like one of the, one of the thoughts that we had going into, I want to say the second year of COVID, which right. is because we started doing this show called Cover, Cover, um, Cover Stories. Cover Stories. And so we started look, you know, listening to a lot of songs and just kind of trying to figure out ones that would be, that would make cool covers to do on this Instagram show that we're doing. And that one came up. So that's how that one kind of, got shortlisted and then then we started thinking we actually did another list of more songs or other suggestions came up right about Detroit artists and that one still stuck as the one that that made the most sense it just felt like oh we could we could do something with it that's before we had any idea how we were going to do it mm -hmm. as well so we 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 messed around with it for a couple hours and then kind of landed on where we I think we landed I think the really coolest thing about it that landed for me was how relevant it still was. How, you know, I, I, I can imagine at the time, I think it came out when I was five or something like that, but I can imagine people going, you know, here's a song that's going to tell everybody, you know, this is really going to open up the whole bag of worms, but, you know, and here we are 50 years later and you can sing, literally, you can sing the entire song, all the words, and it still is appropriate it still is you know and and there's more things that became right. appropriate that we tried right. you know we those additions tweak nice. the lyrics yeah we tweak the lyrics a little bit to to accommodate even you know not because it's a good thing modern to stuff. have to add those things right yeah. <laughs> well, another, it's not cool yeah. to have to add big pharma it's not cool to have to add active shooters yeah mm -hmm. but something that needs to be spoken to yeah so in another 50 years you know somebody can mod what we did <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's kind of the unfortunate reality. But in that sense, you think it's kind of important now for kind of, I guess, younger generations of musicians to go back to older uh, music because like we're kind of living in an era now, I think, where you have basically the almost the entire history of recorded music at your fingertips in a way that like people just didn't have before. And um, so yeah. do you think like, you know, I think music education is potentially, um, you know, is potentially available to anyone now? Sure. Wherever you live, it sounds yeah. like you can figure out a way to get it. Yeah. Um, it's it's still, you know, you can you can have all of that at your fingertips, but to understand it without having lived it, yeah, you know, it, it's a different sense. I mean, you know, history tends to get either mollified or thrown away or cheapened somehow because the people who lived it aren't around anymore. And it's just, it's, it's a second, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's through another source, you know, it's second sourced. It's not, it's not the same thing. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, the next generations do with all of this information that they have, because literally, you know, there's all the information that actually happened. And now there's like a whole other equal pile of crap that didn't actually happen that people count oh, the, as, the as history. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, you know, 
who knows whether or not it's 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 a good thing or not. I see it as a good thing. I see it as a valuable resource, you know, but you really have to put yourself in the mindset of what actually happened while they were making this this music. I yeah. think that they were actually speaking to the fact this is my personal thing. I think that they were speaking to the fact that people have been rewriting history for years. Mm -hmm. People have been saying that things are one way and then they're another way for, you know, if we wanted to talk to, you know, some of these countries that have these 500 year long, I mean, you know, going on battles between them and, and, and discrimination that goes on in those countries, this still speaks to that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that we actually have to have those specific people that live through those specific things in order for people to be able to relate and understand what's going on in, being, in them. Being poor and reading about poor people, you're going to understand what yeah. it is that they're talking about. You know, the, the whole thing now about, about the abortion laws and women's rights and, and all this stuff, these are the same people's rights that they were fighting sure. for in the 50s, 40s, 50s and 60s. So, you know, I get a lot of people are going to understand it. A lot of people get it. You know, um, it's just a question of now having so much access to it. Are the people who are allowing you the access to it, are they going to let you oh. get the unfiltered versions? You know, are they going to let you get to the real source stuff or are they going to use their own second, third generation uh, uh, descriptions of it and, and, countenances of it you know is that what you're going to get or are you actually going to have access to the real thing and how are you going to know the difference yeah when the interesting thing i think you mentioned there was the uh the uh, fight for abortion rights and i think like when that song came out it was like that was pre roe v wade and now it's po we're kind of in the post roe v wade sort of thing so it seems like you know even then you can't get complacent with the victories you do get you know what i mean you exactly. have to assume that's not going to be regressed at a future point which is also quite you know a sad thought to think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But the other thing, you know, the glass half full part is people are still there to fight. Yeah. It's not I like know. anybody is ever just going to say just because they don't get one person's story that 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 truth, whatever it is that somebody's been talking about for years is going to be the thing that that stands the test of time. They tried to do that with Oklahoma, with the Oklahoma bank. Uh, what was it? Black whatever the thing was where they burned the cities in Oklahoma, the black oh, wall yeah, street yeah, yeah. in Oklahoma, when that was burned down over a hundred years ago. And then a hundred years later, everybody finds out about it. Right. You know, they tried right. to, to say that it didn't happen. There's, we don't know the ebb and flow of the way the world works, but there's some, there's always like a little wave that kind of comes in and out. Yeah. And that's that, you know, in my existence, that's the one I'm trying to ride as much as I can. Sure. Yeah. sure. You think now the unifying of othering, I think, is the thing that's helping with all of this stuff. It doesn't matter whether you're black in America or a female in Yemen or whatever the othering thing that's going on. I think songs like this help pop and, and sing to those, mm -hmm. yeah. those situations. One thing I'm interested in, do you think is... Um, like now with kind of the internet and the kind of global communication we have as a result of that. Um, you know, at the same time, we're getting kind of like bigots voices. We're getting like a lot of people who are amped mm -hmm. up and they're trying to, um, 
uh, sow the seeds of kind of uh, racial hatred and discrimination and you know in other regards to like anti-gay anti-trans sort of uh, sentiment too and but simultaneously I feel like a lot of these kind of marginalized voices are also getting to say too it seems like a very um like in a way that they wouldn't have prior so it seems like I don't know the network of communication I don't know if it's good or bad I was wondering what your opinion is I don't think it's either I don't yeah. Me personally, I don't think that it's either. I think it is just what it is. Right. I think what's happened in, in America over the past 50 years before that is there was an ability to just kind of sweep things under the rug or say, no, that didn't really happen or say that, no, nah, you know, that that sounds like you sound hysterical or you sound that, you know, there's an easy way to kind of say that wasn't going on. I was really glad when I started seeing a lot of that stuff happen in text form yeah. where you could see the words that somebody actually wrote and connected to a user, you know, whether they're, whether they're showing their face or not, they're showing that voice that exists, that is out there that people can now not say it doesn't exist. Right. That's, that's the most important part. So for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you? it's a, I, you know, it's a neutral thing. It's just something in our world that, you know, we have to learn how to deal with and, you know, it just kind of seems the legend of of people trying to deal with things in their world tends to be, you know, uh, stomp on it. Yeah. <laughs> use it. Use it for the powerful. You know, that that tends yeah. to be where it goes. You know, hopefully, hopefully they'll figure out how to not, uh, you know, how to go the other way with this. But, uh, you know, again, it's 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 whatever people do with it. And you just kind of have to hope that there's more good people out there than bad people, which I, I believe yeah, that, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff I like and a lot of stuff I don't like. Right. And so I figure that's the way it's going to work for everyone else in the world right. is you just do that. I, I am not one of those people that feels that it's necessary for me to go and tell somebody else what it is that they can believe or right. can't believe or whatever, as long as you're not hurting somebody else or, you know, right. Physically or, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, saying I'm offended. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. That is not hurting somebody. That is just, you know, right. kind of wearing your feelings on your sleeve. But when you're not, you know, telling somebody else what they can do with their own body parts, that kind of thing is just like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and that, right. that includes somebody being told that you can't have a beard right. yeah. or you have to have a beard or you can't shave your face. It's There's just certain things that I, I just kind of think, I don't know. I'm not trying to step into those waters. Right. Sure. <laughs> but it's just trying to make it that it's not just about women being right. denied certain things. It's about, you know, males being denied certain things just because they're males. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask just while we're on the topic of uh, ball confusion is that uh, uh, another person who covered that song was uh, the Queen of Rock and Roll, Tina Turner, who I passed know! away yesterday. <laughs> I know. We didn't know that it was going to be. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah. What a sad day. What a very sad day. And it's, you know, it's it's not my, you know, our first comparison to anything that has to do with Tina Turner. We've always been kind of right lumped in there because of the way that I sing and the kind of and the fact that it's rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Um but believe me, I don't think she knew who we were. <laughs> <laughs> she might have, you know, if she did, lucky husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh, i just thought i'd mention it just because it is such like a oh, sad event great. 
Yeah. yeah. It is. That was oh, the yeah. thing that helped bring her, her career back. Yeah. She did that. She did that. Uh, I think it was in the UK that she did that cover of Ball of Confusion and then did a follow up with um, the Al. Was it an Al Green cover? Let's Stay Together or something mm. like that. That yeah. that song. And those are the things that turned her into an international pop star mm-hmm. <laughs> on her own. On her own. On her right. own. <laughs> <laughs> um the others um sorry the the uh, b-side of uh of the seven inches uh called i fall down which is a new original song um it seems um in comparison a lot more of a kind of personal track i was wondering if maybe you could uh talk about this uh song a little um yeah it's 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 about that it's about the you know a lot of the stuff that 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 we're talking about it's about letting it get to you you know, it's it's um, or, you know, not letting it get to you, but but the fact that it does the nature of it, <laughs> it does. I mean, sometimes it's just hard to stand up because there's so much weight on everything that, you know, every single thing in it, it just has so much weight on it. I mean, just, you know, you 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 sign up for some online store thing and there's like 50 emails a day telling you that this is on sale and that's on sale. And it's like. You know, and that's just for a stupid online store. You know that that's not talking about any of the the civil rights or you know any of the music issues or any of that stuff that we're that we're talking about. And it's 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 that. I mean, it's it's about putting your faith in something and having having everything that isn't that faith weighing on you, and then having the faith having to worry about that too. Mm-hmm. You know, or or so that that's that was the point I was trying to make. I think I, you know, in my oblique lyricist fashion. <laughs> um, you guys are um, on for support of this uh, seven inch. You're going to be going on a, um, a North American tour, uh, including a bunch of dates with Social Distortion and a couple of solo ones. Uh, I just have the dates here: uh, June twenty eighth to August 9th, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah, I was wondering, like, again, like touring so kind of extensively like that, does it, um, you know, does it get exhausting or do you do you kind of just like, it's, it's what we love, it's what we want to do? I think we'll have to tell you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I mean, the world changed so much over the, you know, for yeah. tw- 2020 to 2022. And we started, you know, doing dates in Europe, but we had a U.S. tour that was supposed to happen in March of 2020 that never materialized. Right. So we haven't done the US in. Right. And in, then it was supposed to happen in 2021 and 2022. Right. And it just, you know, it kept, right. things kept happening to it. That, I want to say 2018 was the last time we did any US, you know, any real US touring. Yeah. And that really wasn't that big at mm. that time. But um, we're, we're super excited about being able to do this. So, you know, we're trying to, we're we're doing more exercises and trying to make sure that we we have like just the stamina because I try to explain to people when you go on the road when you're in a band even if you're not you know a DIY band like us where we're obviously in our own van this isn't a bus tour but even if you are in a bus tour you're on you're on the clock 20, 24 hours a day right. when you're sleeping yeah. you're on the clock because you kind of have to sleep in order to be able to do everything that you're going to do. The part of getting day. ready for the show. Yeah. yeah. So you mentally, you kind of have to ready yourself. And so that's why I'm, you know, I'm not sure what it's going to be like, but 
I'm optimistic. All right. But then, at, you know, at the end of most of the days, you get to get on stage and you get to play in front of a bunch of people. And, of course. You know, that that's always the that's where the energy comes from. Yeah. You know, that that's where the, the, the impetus to get up and do it again. You know, super it's, excited, it, though. Yeah. It's, so it, super excited to be doing this. This is this is going to be a lot of fun. We've uh, an honor to be asked. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing is yeah. like it just came out of nowhere. So we are so very happy. Um, yeah, do you think like the social distortion uh, crowd would be receptive? Because I think it's a good fit um, as a tour. I think so too. I I, I think it's gonna be a. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a good thing. I mean, we've we've gone up on tour with bands before that we're like, man, is this gonna work? Bands like Clutch and and the Damned. It's like, man, are they gonna even care what we do? Clutch and, fans love that. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and they've always and the Pixies. I mean, you know, we and the Pixies and we always. It, it always seems to work, you know, despite whatever reservations we have. So I'm, I'm really excited. And I know, I know a bunch of our fans have come back to us saying, man, you got, that's what you're going to social distortion, man. That's just so great. That's awesome. You know, yeah. so they're, you know, I, I think there's a huge overlap for our, from, from our fans and there's <laughs> well i think people have that newfound appreciation of live music as you were mentioning because of the pandemic like uh, every country in the world was affected so i think like both artists and fans alike i think uh there's a real kind of electricity in the air that uh, perhaps people took for granted at one point would you agree oh yeah they yeah. were definitely taking it for granted yeah. yeah they were definitely taking it for granted and the industry was kind of setting it up not the industry but Everybody that had been doing music kind of looked at it like, well, we, you know, we got to do it this way. We got to do it that way. And then having the pandemic happen actually created this kind of reset where everybody said, oh, I guess we can just not do it right. the way yeah. that we've been doing it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. My hand got like a... tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were saying that, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, once the pandemic kind of happened, uh, it, it restructured the way people felt they could do it. I think a lot of musicians took that as like, oh, it can be whatever way we need it to be. And then everybody kind of re realized actually people that were watching it and under and still supporting it while they couldn't go to a show and understanding how much it actually meant to them. It changed the way we look at how we can make a living as artists. How I know so many, I look at a lot of these touring schedules now, for instance, it used to be, you'd only see bands go out if they were going to go out for a really long run mm -hmm. and a really long run wasn't seven weeks. It was something like, you know, two months, three two, months, yeah. two or three months, like really long. It was like, you know, 180 days. Now seven weeks is looked at like a long run. Mm -hmm. Like somebody says, Oh, that's kind of too long. A lot yeah. of musicians that I know, don't want to go on anything that's longer than two or three yeah. weeks. And you'll look at these major touring schedules and it's like, oh, they've been broken down so that these people aren't gone for extended amounts of time. They're not being kept on the road. There's the, there are these many breaks in between where they don't, where you don't even think about doing show. You don't think about doing that kind of touring anymore, which was almost a, people looked at you like you were crazy. You know, yeah. if you told them that I, I actually have a life at home yeah. that I love. You know, I got a cat that's going to be looking for me. Yeah. And if I'm gone for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be looking for him, you know, yeah. it's that kind of stuff. So I, I really like that part of it where, where everybody that I know that's a musician is making it work the way that it works best for them. Yeah. 
if they've stayed, if they've stayed in it, there's a lot of people that have left too. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think it's unfortunate, but I, I do agree with the people I talk to. I mean, it seems like everyone's kind of, everyone had to have adapted and there were some growing pains in between, but like, you know, I think we are in a, in a kind of new, I don't know, post COVID kind of yes. world. And uh, I think, I think, you know, maybe um, uh, being a musician, it's just one occupation of many that have changed since, you know, um, sure. Yeah. And I think I think it's it's kind of interesting because there is always that dynamic of of studio recording, which I guess could still happen to some capacity uh, during the pandemic and and the live, which is like just now back in full force. And I think everyone is like really for it. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And as long as you can make it, and you know, there's a there's a lot of things that are going on out there that I hope are sustainable because so much of that, you know, not just musicians had to reevaluate but a lot of booking agents a lot of venues a lot of people that were covering music you know people had to really look and and, and find out if they if this was what they were meant to do for the rest of their lives and once you kind of solidify that you just hope that it is to create a more fortified richer experience for yeah. for everyone involved because there was a lot of fodder yeah. there's a whole lot of fodder going on that I don't know. I just wasn't really behind right. and didn't understand. But I think it's, you know, it's definitely the game for the for the long timers now. Yeah. Like <laughs> nobody is just going to go put their toe in that water right. and just give it a shot. Like you really got to have something working for you to go do it right yeah. now. Well, that's that's perfect. I appreciate your time. Is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up or? Um, ow. Shoot. <laughs> That's so well, crazy. That's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> mm, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, we got we got a new video questions. coming out. Yeah. For the for Ball of Confusion, it's taking just a little bit longer than we thought, but that's coming. Um, record release date is June third. Uh, first date of the tour is June twenty eighth, all the way through uh, going through the U.S. and Canada, all the way through August 9th, starting in. Oregon ending in Arizona. So we're super excited. Yeah. Super duper excited. Hope to see you at the show. And be looking for a new release. I don't have any release dates or anything else like that for the new record. Yeah. Um the follow-up to this seven inch. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> Perfect. Thank I'm you threatening. For... <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> we wait with bated breath. Thank you very much for your yes. time. <laughs> Thank you thank so you, much. Your pleasure. Yeah, Take fun. care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to that episode of postburnout.com interviews. We hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for more.